You are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pittsfield campus. He is risen. He is risen. After all the darkness, all of the, the darkness of the Passion Week and Good Friday and crucifixion, it's Sunday morning and he is risen. He is risen. Easter is the day that we celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the new life, the new birth of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. He is risen indeed. The world is full of darkness, though. There's plenty of darkness, and the evil one would continue to try to bring darkness into our world and try to bring our world into chaos and confusion and darkness. And, but we know that Jesus, he came, Jesus came to overcome the works of the evil one. He came to bring light to the dark places so we can rest our hope in him. We saw a, a glimpse of this darkness this week in Belgium and with the terror attacks there. And we know that that came from an evil place, that came from a dark place. So before we start this morning, I would like if we could just corporately, all of us together, pray. Pray for Belgium, pray for Europe. Pray for us. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the risen king, that you are the light of the world, Lord, and that your light stomps out any darkness that may try to intercede. And, Father, we pray now for those folks in Belgium. We pray, Father, for those who have been touched by this bit of evil that was brought about, Lord, by the evil one. We ask, Father, that you would bring light into that, that you would bring peace and comfort Father, that there would be joy, the sadness that lasts for a night. But we know, Lord, there's joy in the morning. We pray for that joy. And Father, as we're here together today, we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be with us to guide us and to lead us in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Easter, it's about resurrection, right? I mean, there's a lot of other good things from Easter, too. We got candy. That's not bad, right? Candy for breakfast even. How bad can that be? We've got bunnies. We've got ham dinners and all the good things that go with that. We have eggs and all the fun things that, that we do with the kids. Easter is a great time. It's a fun time. It's a time for us to enjoy and to celebrate with each other. But we have to remember that the very first thing that we're celebrating is the resurrection of Jesus. The very first thing that we're celebrating is that he conquered the grave. He beat death. And he's alive. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for because Jesus is alive. He's risen for us. So let's start this morning as we, we start our Easter Sunday message. And let's read the story of Jesus' resurrection. And, you know, Jesus did miracles and showed great power throughout his life on earth. But the single thing, the single one thing that he did that changed everything for all of us is he was resurrected. He came back to life from death. He overcame death and darkness so that we can have life everlasting. He, he didn't do it for himself. He didn't do it because it was a cool thing to do. He did it for us so that we could have salvation and we could overcome death. So let's look in the book of Luke, chapter 24. I'll give you a moment to 
Turn there if you have your Bible. So Luke 24, the first six verses we'll read together. It tells the story of Jesus' resurrection. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? He is risen. He's no longer here. Don't look for life in this dead place. Look for life in the live places. He is risen. This story makes all the difference in the world to me. This story can make all the difference in the world to all of us. It's the historical account. It's the, it's the factual account of Jesus being resurrected from the dead to defeat death, to defeat the grave. But I know that there are those that, that doubt. There are those who have doubts. We saw the video earlier about so many of us have so many doubts. And I know that there's those doubts that, and, and, and you know, because these, these doubts are even understandable to an extent because it's not every day that someone you know is dead, buried, and resurrected three days later. It's not all that often that we see that, right? So what do you doubt? What are some of the things that you doubt? I know for me, I have doubts. I doubt that I can do what God's called me to do. I doubt that I can lead this campus of this church because of just, just the doubts and the insecurities that I have, the struggles I guess everyone here at some level, on some, some level of their life, feels doubt, feels doubt in some way. Maybe your doubts are different than mine, but they're there. They're there anyway, doubts, doubts about who God made us to be, doubts about our identity of who Christ made us to be. Maybe for some of us, it's even doubts about who Jesus is or if God even really exists. We have those doubts. Well, there's always been doubters. There has always been doubters. <clears throat> One of Jesus' 12 disciples was a doubter. And we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. And we're going to see how Jesus dealt with this doubter. <clears throat> but before we do that, I want you to know, if you're here on this Easter Sunday morning and you doubt, I want you to know this one fact. You're welcome here. You're welcome here with all your doubts, all your questions, all your concerns. You're welcome here. And you're not just welcome here because it's Easter Sunday. You're welcome here anytime. Bring your doubts. Bring your concerns. Bring your worries. We want to welcome you here with all your doubts. You know, maybe you've, maybe you've doubted your whole life. Maybe your parents instilled this into you and, and taught you that there was no God or that, that God was this distant thing that was just out there and kind of guides the world but doesn't care about you. Maybe you learned that from your parents or maybe at school you learned that there is no God or that you need to doubt or, or maybe our culture and our society surely tries to teach us that we need to doubt who God is and doubt God's existence. Maybe you've always been convinced that there's no God 
that Jesus isn't real, that there is no resurrection. Maybe those doubts have been in your mind throughout your whole life. Or maybe, maybe you've believed. Maybe you've believed in Jesus for a lot of your life, for all of your life. But now those doubts are creeping in. Those doubts are creeping in because of circumstances of life. Some of the, the curveballs that life is throwing you and, and these doubts creep in. Something's happened to you that, that can't be explained or something that, you've, that has happened has made you very sad or made you feel very disconnected from God. You know, or maybe you've lost something that's very close to you and it's made you doubt. Maybe you've been hurt and maybe you wonder where God was when you got hurt and that makes you doubt who he is. Maybe something has torn your heart so much that you've become a doubter. Maybe you've become a doubter over time because of circumstances. But Jesus won't condemn you for doubting. He won't. And neither will I. And neither will this church. This is a safe place. It's a safe place for all of you. And your doubts and your concerns, it's a safe place to come and bring them. Because I know that if, if you work through your doubts, if you work through your doubts by seeking the truth, God will show up. God will show up. He'll bring you peace. He'll restore joy. And he'll give you salvation. Because I know that because God is a trustworthy God. He is. All right, so let's get back to this, this one guy. This, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples that followed him around the countryside for the three years that he was ministering here on earth. And one of these guys, these, these 12 guys who were closer to Jesus than anybody else, on the face of the earth, for the times that he was here, these 12 guys, and one of them, after he had seen all that Jesus had done, seen miracles, seen Jesus praying to his father, he was a doubter. He was a doubter. His name is Thomas. And even today, in our secular, post-Christian world, most of us are familiar with the term, doubting Thomas, because that came straight from the Bible. It came straight from a guy who doubted who Jesus was, even after spending time with him. A doubting Thomas is someone that, that just won't believe until he sees or until he touches, until there's no doubt left, this doubting Thomas wasn't going to believe. So let's go back to the Bible and, and read the story of Thomas and how he doubted and how Jesus dealt with him. Because I think it's a reflection of how Jesus would deal with us, with our doubts and our concerns too. So let's turn over to the book of John. <clears throat> the book of John, chapter 20. I think we have the words there on the screen. If you didn't bring your Bible, if you did, feel free to look it up. <coughs> Starting in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And, he said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So Thomas wasn't in this audience at this point. So the other, <clears throat> the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in, my, in, his, 
Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. Amen. Thomas doubted. Thomas, who had spent time with Jesus, who had walked with Jesus around the countryside and had seen him do so many miracles, he doubted. So let's, let's look at this story, though, and put ourselves in that place. What if we were in the place of Thomas? How would that look? Would it play out any different? Or maybe we'd be very similar in how we would react, just like Thomas. Isn't it cool to hear the kids? I love that. I hope it doesn't distract because I think it's the greatest thing in the world to hear our kids having fun. So back to Thomas. So we, we put ourselves in, in his place in history. And really, it's not that hard to see ourselves where he was, to see ourselves doubting. I mean, after all, how many of us, you can raise your hands, if you've seen a friend of yours die, be buried, and then come back to life three days later? How many have seen that? Right. It doesn't happen very often, right? Right. And we really don't have a lot of information about Thomas and what he was doing and his actions all along throughout this Passion Week. You know, we don't know where he was when Peter denied Jesus. We don't know where he was when the women came to find the tomb empty. We don't, we don't see any sign of, of Thomas or what he was doing at this time. We, we just don't know the answers. But we do know that Jesus was alone when he was tried and when he was crucified. He was alone. So Thomas, just like the others, had bailed on him. But we also know that Thomas had lost something very close to him. He had lost a very good friend. He had lost a mentor. He had lost his Lord. And we do know that Thomas doubted. We do know that Thomas doubted because in verse 25, it says, Unless I see his hands, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. So we know Thomas doubted. We don't know a lot of, of the other details about what was going on with him that week, but we know he doubted. And we also know that Thomas made a vow. Thomas made a vow to himself that he would never believe unless he was able to put his fingers into the nail marks or into his side. Verse 25, again, there toward the end, it says, I will never believe. I will never believe. How easy is it then for us to, to make such a vow when something happens to us, when we lose something that's so close to us, when we lose something that's so dear to us? How easy is it for us to make a vow similar to that. We've been let down. We've been mistreated. We've been wronged. We feel a void because someone in our life is gone suddenly. I will never believe until fill in the blank. What's your fill in the blank words for that? I will never believe. I will never, I'll never. We make these vows to ourselves. 
You see what Thomas did in the dark that, that time when his friend and his Lord was being tried and tortured and beaten and crucified and buried. That vow that Thomas spoke in the dark, I will never believe, would have kept him in the dark. That vow would have kept him in the dark for the rest of his life because it's these doubts that lock our doors to Jesus. These doubts lock our doors to Jesus. Had it not been for Jesus' reaction to those doubts, Jesus' love, acceptance, and forgiveness, despite the doubt, peace be with you. Do not disbelieve, but believe. I wonder too, you know, putting myself into this, this place where Thomas was, what did he expect from Jesus at this point? I wonder what, what he thought about that Jesus would say to him. Did he expect that Jesus would be upset with him? I'm sure that he had seen Jesus upset before. The Bible gives us examples where Jesus was upset and he would rebuke or correct someone. Was he expecting that? Was he expecting Jesus to say, Thomas, get with the program. You've seen the miracles. Remember that lady, that lady that had that issue of blood for like 12 years? I healed her. Thomas, do you you remember that? What about those 5,000 people that I fed? Do you remember that, Thomas? Because if you don't remember that, maybe you remember the 4,000 that I fed soon after that. All those things that Jesus could have said to Thomas. And we know that Thomas, his mind wasn't in a good place. He was already doubting everything that he had, his whole existence. For the last three years, he was doubting. So what did he expect to, to hear from Jesus? Did he expect Jesus to tell him that you've doubted too much, you've gone too far away, I can't receive you back? No. Thomas, you're just too far gone. I can't deal with you anymore. How did Thomas feel when this encounter with Jesus was coming up? I don't know, but I know how I would have felt. I would have been a little nervous. I would have been a little concerned because this thing that I had doubted, this resurrection of Jesus, was suddenly coming right in front of me. It was suddenly coming right here, right in my face. And then it happens. Thomas has this encounter with Jesus, his old friend, his mentor, his teacher, his rabbi, his Lord. This moment of truth, this moment of truth, the doubter with the Savior face to face. And Jesus' words, Jesus' words to Thomas make all the difference in the world. And they didn't just make all the difference in the world for Thomas. They make all the difference in the world for you and for me today who have doubts. Peace be with you. Put your finger here and see my hands and and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And then Thomas and his response. You know, it's, it's really interesting, and I really didn't notice this until I was reading this week. Scripture doesn't say that Thomas touched those places. It didn't say that Thomas reached out and touched Jesus. It says that Thomas said, my Lord and my God. You see, those doubts went away when there was an encounter with Jesus. And Thomas experienced the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness of a Savior who had died for him. So Thomas's time in the darkness, these days of Passion Week where he had allowed the enemy to make him doubt, he had allowed these doubts to come into his mind that the enemy was throwing at him, to doubt what Jesus had been teaching him all along. All these things had happened. 
during Thomas's time during the darkness this, this past week, there was only one way for those doubts to come out of the darkness and into the lights. And that was for Jesus, who died on the cross, to walk into a room, to hear his doubts, to show him grace and mercy, and bring him from that place of darkness into the light. So for all of us, the cross, the cross is a display of God's grace and mercy, turning doubt and darkness into a place of resurrection, light, and hope. Again, the cross is a display of God's grace and mercy, turning doubt and darkness into a place of resurrection, light, and hope. Resurrection, light, and hope. You might be here today, and you might be doubting. Perhaps you're, you're going through a dark time in your own life. You've lost sight of the light. Perhaps the enemy is, is lying to you and throwing these dark ideas at you and trying to get you into the darkness, trying to convince you that what God has said is not true, trying to convince you that, that you should doubt in whatever darkness you're in what God has already said in the light. Maybe the enemy is trying to, to, to trick you into believing that, to convince you of these things. Well, that's exactly where Thomas was. That's exactly where Thomas was until he had this encounter with Jesus. Until he had this encounter with Jesus. And it made all the difference in the world because Jesus loved him. Jesus accepted him. Jesus forgave him. Maybe your doubts run much deeper than that. Maybe, maybe you've never believed the whole God thing in the first place. Maybe it just sounds too far-fetched. You doubt it to the point that, that even if there is a God, that you feel like he would be so mad at you that he would never want to hear from you in the first place. You've gone so far away that he wouldn't even think about hearing from you or think about hearing your doubts or think about anything in your life. He just wants to crush you. He wants to cast you aside. He wants to move along without you. Maybe your doubts are that deep. Or maybe you're like Thomas. Maybe you've made a vow. Maybe you've decided within yourself that I will never believe until blank, until dot, dot, dot. Maybe the enemy has convinced you that, that you can never break that vow. That vow has been set in stone and you can never break that vow. That's what Satan would be wanting to tell you even today. That even if Jesus were to show up today, that he'd be so angry at you and all he'd want to do is move you to the side and be out of his way. Maybe your pride has taken this vow and made it who you are. Maybe it's made this vow your identity. That's who I am. I'm this person who will not believe. That's from the enemy. That's from the darkness. That's from the dark one. Jesus encountered Thomas right there, right there in that dark place, that very spot where maybe you are now. Jesus met Thomas right there where he was. And he wasn't angry with him. He didn't judge him. He didn't cast him aside. He simply loved him. He loved him enough to say, Thomas, if you need to feel these to believe I'm who I am, here's the proof of a living Savior. He loved Thomas enough told him to do whatever was necessary to believe. 
God is bigger than your doubt. It's pretty simple. Jesus is so interested in reconciling us to him. He's so interested in reconciling you to him. His love for us is so deep. He lets us come to him, even with our doubts, even with our concerns, even with those things that we have a hard time believing, even those things that we've made a vow that we would not believe. He welcomes us to come to him. He doesn't just let us. He wants us to come to him and bring those things. It's okay. Bring those doubts to Jesus. Bring those things to him. Lay them at the cross and say, God, these are the doubts I have. Show me the proof of a living Savior. And he'll say to us, do not disbelieve, but believe. But the prince of darkness, the evil one, Satan, would have you stay right there, right where you are in the dark, doubting, wondering, what if. But God is calling you out. He's calling you out of the darkness into the light. He's calling you. You can feel it. You can feel it now in your spirit. You can feel it in your heart. You feel that stirring, that pounding in your chest. That's God calling you out of the darkness. That's God saying, I know you have these doubts. I know you're concerned about these things. I know that there's these things that you've had such a hard time believing. I know you've made that vow that you're never going to believe. But I'm calling you out of that darkness into the light. Today, Easter Sunday, 2016. Maybe it... It even sounds bold of me to say it earlier that you're welcome here with your doubts. Whenever, anytime, you're welcome here with your doubts. Like I think I can do something to sway them or to change them. Because I know that I can't. I can't do that. I can't change your doubts. I can't bring to light that which you've doubted in the darkness. But I can point you to the one who can. I can lead you to the one who can. I can show you the one who can. I can show you the proof of a risen Savior crucified, buried, and resurrected. I know that there's no doubt that you have that God can't handle. There is no doubt that you have that God can't handle. That doubt that's way deep in your heart, that you think is just you, God can handle that. God can handle your deepest doubt. He's bigger than your doubts. Bring them to him. Bring your doubts to the Lord. He'll receive you. He'll love you. He'll accept you. He'll forgive you. And he'll take you from that dark place into the light. So today, I'm asking you to come. Come with your doubts. Bring them to the risen Savior. Express your doubts. Tell him about your doubts. And see if he doesn't receive you and love you and accept you and forgive you. If you've doubted your entire life, express those doubts to him. If you've doubted because you didn't think he was there for you when you needed him most, express those doubts, frustrations to him. If you're doubting now because you've lost something very close to you, express those doubts to him. Tell him of your pain. Tell him of the things that cause you pain and doubt and worry and concern. Because he can bring certainty to your doubts. He'll clear the air and show you that those things that seem so doubtful to you are things that can be brought into the light and that God can 
erase the doubts, show you the faith, and show you that he's trustworthy and he's faithful and true. He'll bring certainty to your doubts. And just like Thomas, you can be reconciled to him. And you can say, my Lord and my God. And then everything can be different. Everything can be different. It was different for Thomas. It's been different for me. It can be different for you. Everything can change when we bring our doubts to the Lord. Thomas made a vow. He made a vow in his doubt. Don't let a vow of doubt keep you in the darkness. Don't let a vow of doubt keep you in darkness. Bring your doubts to the Savior and let him bring you into the light. Let him bring you out of that darkness and into the light. So right now, if we would all just bow our heads and close eyes and think about those things that make you doubt. You know they're there. You know there are things you doubt. Bring them to the Lord. Bring those things to Him. Then I would like to to pray with you, for you, through those doubts also. If you would say, you know, this Jesus thing, (laughs) it sounds really good, but there's just this doubt. There's this doubt inside me that I just can't let go of. Or, or, you know, I was hurt really, really bad and I made this vow that I'll never believe. But I want to get rid of that vow. I want to renounce that vow. I want to believe. If you would just slip your hand up and let me know. And I will pray for you. I'll cover you in prayer. And I'll ask the Lord to erase the doubt to bring you out of that dark place, that same dark place that Thomas was, and into the light. Yes. Yes. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the resurrection and the light, that you are the resurrection and the light, or that all things were brought to light by you. And Father, even today, as, as some here have doubts, and Father, they just don't know They don't know if they can believe this, Father, that you would break through in their hearts. Father, that just like like Jesus showing Thomas the proof of a risen Savior, Lord, that you would show us today proof of a risen Savior and a risen Lord. Father, we pray for those who doubt. We pray for those who doubt. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to celebrate because we have a Savior who is alive, who conquered death and conquered the grave, and he brings new life to us. So what better day than Easter to celebrate who he is? So as the worship team leads us in this song, all of us, let's just celebrate like crazy because we have a risen Savior who loves us and cares for us and accepts us right where we are. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. 
if you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England. Or, if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 